I understand what you're saying. But I'ma help them understand what you're saying. Three, two, one, zero. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come here for a minute. I want to talk to you. The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. The truth, no, I ain't gonna lie to you. Good guys, bad boys, we're all the same. Saved by grace is the name of the game. Time to lay your burden down. Welcome to the J12 Recovery Radio Show. Denver is here. I have two new cowbells. You have two new cowbells? I do on my dash. Dash of your motorcycle? Nah. Nah. On the dash of the van. So I'm trying something with the camera. We only have one camera, and so we can't film everybody. <laughs> i got to figure out how to do that. I've got two more cameras. Uh, yeah, but I don't think I can make them work on this computer with more than just one. So these are just webcams. So I don't know. Switchbox. Uh, does that mean we're kind of live? Kind of. Kind of live? Yeah, you're not dead. All you, need is a, all you need is a switch box. So I can just switch back and forth, back and forth, back and forth? Okay. I'll expect that, that, I'll expect that next <clears> week. Then you're going to need an engineer. Right. <laughs> to do the switch. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Fleming's in the house. Dave, What's up? Dave Fleming. Let's see. We, here, Dave. Say hi. Hi, Dave. And then, and then Marv. Marv yeah. is here. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Marv. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah, good deal. All right, so we'll come back to here. And, I don't get and, no airtime. Yeah, yeah, you do. Look at that. I don't get no airtime. Now they're going to be able to find you. <laughs> Denver. It's not There's videos out. There's videos out there. Don't worry. <laughs> Denver, yeah. Oh, I don't know if yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, all you need is 25 cents. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> what city is that? <laughs> Well, it's about any major metropolitan city. Yeah, any, just any old downtown. Yikes. Well, greetings, everyone. <laughs> um, this week, the topic is the Take 12 Recovery Radio Ask It Basket. So we put a little, uh, put a little uh, cry for help out there on the Internet, and uh, I actually got several, actually more than this. Some of them were just so bizarre that I'm not even going to repeat. Um, but got quite a few, so we'll try to get through these today. Um, 
If we don't get through all of them, then we'll we'll do them next week uh, as well. <clears throat> but listen, before before we do anything else, I really mm. I really want to say congratulations to our friend Marco, and I think Cecil has something for Marco, right, Cecil? Hello. Well, thank you, Monty Man. Uh-huh. I consider it an honor. I know. <clears throat> Here we go. Hi, everybody. So we want to celebrate a very special sobriety birthday to our friend, Mr. Marco Ronzi from Arizona. Here we go. You know it doesn't make much sense? (laughs) There ought to be a law against. That's right. Anyone who takes offense at a day in your celebration, because we all know in our minds, Marco, Marco, that there ought to be a time, Marco, Marco, that we can set aside, Marco, to <sighs> show just how much we love you, and I'm sure you would agree. What couldn't fit more perfectly than to have a world party on the day that you celebrate your sobriety? Thank you, Cecil. <laughs> You're very welcome, Monty Man. Congratulations, Marco. Show. What about all the other September? <laughs> and everybody else that is celebrating uh, birthdays in September. Actually, today, and, and Marco, I just want to say, Marco's was yesterday. How, how many, how, how long? 19 years. Oh, my goodness. 19 years. Happy happy birthday, Marco. Yeah, uh, excellent. Congratulations. And the Monty Man celebrates 22 years today. Yeah, we read that. Today. Oh, well, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, twenty-two years. We, we won't, Cecil didn't want to sing a song to me. Cecil just well, but to Marco, yes. And so, congratulations, Marco. Marco's been with us on several trips. Oh yeah, to uh, oh yeah to Arizona and such. To he, he seems Cecil, to pop in. What what's C- he? Cecil don't realize you regulate his wages. I know. Yeah, he need he needs to wake <laughs> up a little bit. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, right it's time for Monty Man's weekly wine. Yes, indeedy. <clears throat> oh boy, Is so red or white? Uh, <laughs> yeah, both maybe. Walmart prison. So we were the wife and I were in uh, Lebanon yesterday. <clears throat> we never go to the Walmart in Lebanon because we have a Walmart here in Albany. Uh, and this isn't the case with Albany's. I don't know if it is wherever you are, listeners, but we went into the Walmart, and most of the cash registers are gone, and they have a self-checkout, right? Which, by the way, takes your picture, videotapes you while you're checking out, which is kind of creepy. But anyway, so we're in there, and I realized that what I need to get is on the far side of the store. So Marsha went to go see if there was one of those little scooters for me. So she tried to leave, and there's these security arms. When you go in, they open up automatically, and when you leave, they open up automatically. But if you – well, you can't leave. You have to go through the express checkouts. You have to go by them. <clears throat> you can't just leave the exit because when she tried to, an alarm went off. The little the little arm started to open up to leave, and an alarm went off. And the lady told her, "You have to go through the registers. You can't you can't just walk out." Wow. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that was exciting. That was <clears> exciting. <throat> so if you're going shopping at the Walmart in Lebanon and you don't find what you want, <clears throat> you still have to go through the checkout to leave. You just can't walk out. And I guess it's a anti-theft thing. Sounds like a challenge to me. Yeah, huh? Yeah, right, uh-huh. right. <laughs> All you addicts and alcoholics out there, so, take the mob, challenge. Flash mob. You can't, <laughs> if you're like handicapped, you got to like crawl into the store first before you can get on a I get, I, Walmart yeah. prison, baby. <laughs> I saw him well, installing you know, that unit. There's always, <laughs> it's because it's always the, the, the few that mess it up for the rest of us. Right. It's always homeless. We watched a kid go into Walmart in Corvallis. The the entrance door is right next to the produce section. Yeah. So he grabbed a bag of apples and he grabbed some other fruit. And as soon as somebody walked in the door, he walked right out. Did they catch him? Sure. No. I can guarantee you that. Nobody even, like, like... even moved i don't think they even saw him i can guarantee you though and this has been the case since the dawn of retail that employee theft ranks way higher than customer theft it does yes meaning speaking as one who was a manager at ss kresge aka kmart for a long time Mm, so is that a confession? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <clears throat> uh, anyway, okay, so that, that was my wine, but we got to have to have a win, too, and I've got one for you. Definitely a win. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the Bigfoot Grill in Lebanon, Oregon. Oh, my goodness. Marv, have you eaten there? No. Because you're in I Lebanon. Haven't. Uh, it's it's on 525 Main Street. Uh, Steve uh, uh, and Nancy own this place. And the atmosphere is great. It's all Bigfoot stuff, right? It's a small cafe. Um, but the food is phenomenal. I mean, just the place is spotless. The kitchen, we said, I, I wanted to see the kitchen because you know me. I like to do restaurant things. You like the wine. Yes, I do. And the kitchen was spotless. The service was impeccable. And the burger I had was absolutely out of this world. I had a uh, the Kraken. It was called the Kraken. And I, I asked for bacon on it, and they only charged me a dollar. Most places charge you like 3 $4 to put bacon on your burger, but they only charged me an extra dollar. The tater tots were amazing. I never finished tater tots because they're kind of boring. Not these. Mm -mm -mm. This place was incredible. And then I was talking to, I think it was probably Nancy, and we started talking about the radio show, and I told her, I said, oh, I'm going to give you guys a shout-out on the show. And then the discussion led to recovery. And so uh, let's just put it this way. We connected, if you know what I'm saying. And so I just want to give a shout-out to Bigfoot Grill 525 Main Street, Lebanon, Oregon. If you haven't eaten there, please stop by. Uh, just just a great experience. Really, really cool. There you go. I Yay. was just thinking about that this morning. I'm like, I heard a commercial. I'm like, hmm, I got to go check that place oh, out. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about yeah. them. So I was like, hmm. Very, very good. Okay, Uh, we'll be right back after this important message. This is going to tell you where we're going to be here this weekend. Uh, uh, Dave and Denver and myself and Marvin Spirit, I know he will be. 
uh, come out and uh, talk to the Take 12 radio family. So check this out, and we'll be right back with the Take 12 Recovery Radio Ask It Basket. Lots of interesting questions, and I'm sure some interesting answers. Don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's the Monty Man from Take 12 Recovery Radio, inviting you to help us celebrate National Recovery Month by attending Hands Across the Bridge, Building Bridges, when? September 6th from 2 to 7 p.m. at Riverfront Park Amphitheater in Salem, Oregon. The main event kicks off at 5 p.m. and is free Free, free, to everyone. A DJ, live music, speakers, food, games, fellowship, and it's family-friendly. So bring the kiddos. Hands Across the Bridge is an annual event held to celebrate recovery from addiction and mental health challenges and to remember those we have lost. It's a time when we gather across the Center Street Bridge to honor our fallen loved ones and to show that recovery is possible, especially when we do it together. Listen, if you have any questions about the event or if you're interested in becoming a vendor or a sponsor, please call Loretta at 503-393-4273. That's Hands Across the Bridge, Building Bridges, September 6th from 2 to 7 p.m. at Riverfront Park Amphitheater. Salem, Oregon. Don't forget to stop by the Tank 12 Recovery Radio booth and say hi to the Monty Man. The 2019 Hands Across the Bridge is brought to you by the Marion Polk Peer Coalition. All right, and in addition to that, also celebrating National Recovery Month, once again, Take 12 Recovery Radio and our team uh, will be at the 18th Annual Recovery Forum of the Southwest Washington Recovery Coalition. That'll be the very next day, Saturday, September 7th, from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. at Clark College Geyser Student Center in Vancouver, Washington. This is a celebration of recovery. The theme, together we are stronger. And the recovery speakers will be Keith W., Adam C., and Norm J. They're going to be giving away community appreciation awards. There's going to be lots of recovery resource tables, door prizes, drawings, and a free lunch beginning at 12 p.m. But make sure you're there on time because that's only while food supplies last. This is hosted by the Southwest Washington Recovery Coalition. So, oops. <laughs> See, people are watching on YouTube are wondering how I can say all that stuff without moving my lips. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. I, I doubt it. I don't think so. Hey, listen, on YouTube, you're looking They're at probably this. probably out taking their dog. If you want one walk. of these fancy Nancy Monty Man mugs, uh, Take 12 mm. Recovery Radio mugs, uh, what you got to do is go to take12radio.com, go down to the bottom of the page and click on, I think it says get our coffee mugs. And there's a really awesome deal going on there right now. Also, uh, for those of you who don't have the finances to purchase uh, Walking Through the Big Book and Walking Through the 12 Steps of 12 Traditions, um, you can get Walking Through the Big Book. Um Actually, I'll throw in 12, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, too. Um, but you can go to Take12Radio.com and click on at the bottom of the page, Big Book Study. And those are all there for you. Now you can download them. You can make copies of them. You have our permission to, to burn copies on DVDs and CDs and that kind of thing. Uh, so you have them for yourself. Otherwise, go to the uh, Get Our Coffee Mugs link. And there's a special there on the 12 and 12 in the Big Book Study. Okay. The Tank 12 Recovery Radio Ask It Basket. Uh, so 
Uh, my co-hosts all have a copy of this, and I'll just read the first one here. Um, it says, or asks, shouldn't churches today have recovery pastors, not CR leaders, meaning celebrate recovery leaders? That's just a monopoly on recovery, like Vacation Bible School brought in a package. But actual pastors focused on recovery. We have music ministers, youth pastors, young adult pastors, etc., on staff at the churches. But the biggest need I see and experience is the amount of people dying across our country from overdoses. Where's our focused ministry? And it comes from Ray M. Uh, interesting question. Good question. Um, first of all, yeah, addiction is the number one health crisis in our nation. Uh, recovery from it gets the least amount of attention due to stigma. But why not recovery pastors? I have my take on that. Dave, you want to chime in? Well, I just want to, you know, shout out to my Minnesota peeps because we actually have a few recovery churches in Minnesota. There's actually a recovery high school where people in recovery nice. go to high school. Yep. Yeah. So there are they do exist. There are they are out there. Um, I'm not sure uh, if there are any in Oregon. Yeah, there there is one in Vancouver. One, start one. There is in Vancouver called the Exchange Church, and we've seen their booth, Denver, uh, at the yeah, Southwest yeah. Washington Recovery Coalition uh, event. Um, it's a whole church surrounded around recovery, right. just like what you were saying. Right. So if there's two, there's probably a whole lot more. Anybody want to chime in on this question? Anybody got any opinions? Uh, if your congregation is for it, why not? Sure. I mean, seriously, if you can afford it and uh, uh, and everybody's on board, yeah, it's a wonderful yeah. idea. So, so here's the thing: um, why do we have CR leaders, not recovery pastors? Well, here, here's the thing: a lot of pastors. There's a lot of pastors out there that are music ministers, that are vocational pastors, of vacation Bible school, and and all that stuff, and in recovery. Yes. Um, but but, however. I was going to say there's a whole lot more people in recovery that aren't licensed pastors that are well qualified to be a facilitator and lead a recovery forum such as Celebrate Recovery. And I think that's probably why we see more people. We, we don't want to not have those programs just because we can't hire a recovery pastor. Now, if somebody is licensed with your particular denomination and is a pastor, and there's somebody that actually has experienced freedom from addictive use disorder and they're in recovery, heck yeah. Bring them on. If you, like Denver said, if you can do that. Um, but I, I, I think we have to remember that it's probably going to be a whole lot easier to hire a youth pastor, a music minister, and stuff <clears> like that than it is going to be somebody <throat> that's in recovery that's going to be a pastor because I think they're few and far between. Um, there are people I'm sure that would jump at the chance of getting licensed, maybe even ordained legitimately, not through mail order from the world council of churches, uh, but legitimately through a denomination that are in recovery. I know there's several people that I know that have done that. And so, heck yeah, why not? But let's not discount CR leaders. They're very, very important. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, question number two. 
How come when other people talk about their higher power in an AA meeting as being this, that, or the other thing, everyone is supportive? But when I mention that my higher power is Jesus, it's met with opposition and rebuttal. <laughs> well, we can do a whole show on that, perhaps. Hey, Marv, you want to? No, I'm not going to let you go yet. You already went. You want to comment on that? Um, well, yeah, I will. And what I'm going to do might be out of line. I'm going to intertwine this with the first question. Good. I have seen and experienced people who were originally, if that's the way you want to put it, in recovery. Right. Who got involved in the churches, started reaching out to minister, and they got so wrapped up in the religious jargon of their church that to somebody in recovery who would take offense at the name Jesus, right, wouldn't pay attention to them. So their message would be lost. Their message is lost as far as the way I understand sure. uh, how it is for people who come into the program. Right. The the religion thing and the recovery thing uh, creates a problem. Now, I personally have several times mentioned in meetings that my higher power is Christ. Was it and ever met with opposition or rebuttal? It never has been, but then I try to use some discernment on um, and how I present that, yeah, because I realize the sensitivity that goes on. You bet in those rooms. So, so why why do you think? Because it's interesting. They said uh, people mentioning their higher power is this, that, or the other thing. Um, I've noticed this. If somebody mentions that their higher power is grandfather, which would reflect maybe Native American. Um, or Allah, or Buddha, or even an inanimate object, which is perfectly acceptable in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Yeah. Um, that there, I've never heard any opposition to that, but I have when somebody Christ. mentions Christ. Yeah. And I, I think I know why, in addition to what you said, um, and I'm a Christian, but I got to tell you, sometimes we can get a little wackadoodle. Whereas some of these other things, people aren't quite as radical sometimes. But I think it's because these other things don't pose a threat. Whereas Christ does. Yeah. Because Christ is the God who is God. And so yeah. there is an opposition naturally. And it's a spiritual battle. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, but that's just my take on it. Dave, what do you want to say? Uh, you know, I, there's a lot of wisdom in what Marv says. You know, I, you bet. And I like to, jump, you know, come alongside that because I think I, I've never, <clears throat> I've never met any opposition with it. Of course, I'm careful on you know how I so use it. You're using it. wisdom too, right? Yeah. And and I can see it if somebody started like quoting scripture, there then there might be a problem there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I I know I would never do anything like that. Uh, so yeah, I think it's just discernment. I, I've never run any, into any opposition. Um, Denver, how about you? I'm from a small town in Sweet Home, and right. I never ran into any <laughs> opposition uh, about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take the pulpit when I get up and talk about right. recovery, 
but I'm not ashamed of my walk with Christ or recovery together. You bet. So, so the big book says we never apologize for God, but that doesn't mean we don't use wisdom. Because remember, remember, those of us who've been around a while, we wanna we don't want to lose our message. We want to be able to be effective, and sometimes it may not be wise to just blurt out specifically who your higher power is. You got to kind of know your audience. I think, and be sensitive. Long before I started this walk with Christ, I would have been offended to sit in meetings mm-hmm. and and hear about God. I really would have. Yeah, you know, I, I just I wasn't ready for that. So uh, the wisdom part really is perfect. Dave, the other thing that I just wanted to throw in here is uh, because of my faith, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that is entirely, you know, aware when I'm in a meeting and my audience that I'm trying to lead by example. And part of that example is also sharing who my higher power is. You bet. And I'm careful how I do that. I'm not going to preach. But if somebody is interested and they want to come and talk to me after the meeting, I've kind of laid that groundwork a little bit because sure. I've had a lot of people that they don't talk to you, but until some time has gone by because they come in. Because this is how I did it, too. I watch everybody. I see what everybody's about. I, I see if they're, you know, just spouting off stuff that their their words match, match their actions. And so I try to line myself up with, you know, so my actions match my words. Yeah. Um, and I've had people come up, you know, after a period of time and 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 have that conversation about higher power or how did you do what you did and, you know, how have you got so much... Sobriety, sure, sure, and, and and for those of you who are of the Christian faith and you want to share uh, the gospel and Jesus with with others in recovery because you believe as as we do that He's the ultimate solution. Um, listen, ask God to send you folks, and believe me, He'll do it. Right, you won't have to uh, to alienate anybody in a meeting. Uh, before the meeting, after the meeting, breaks, things like that. Believe me, God will put people in your life. He really will. And so don't, and don't get too upset if somebody gets their feathers ruffled because you were specific about who God is. You don't have to defend God. You, you just don't have to. He's he's a big God. He, he can take care of himself. Um, but we don't apologize uh, either. All right. So here's the third question. What is your thoughts on having more than one sponsor as you work through the 12 steps. Anybody willing to chime in? What do you think, Marv? I don't have a problem with it. Okay. You know why? Why? The bigger book says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Okay. And the other part of the story is, again, um, the meeting in the meetings it says stick with the winners yeah and that means you have to use some discernment about who it is you're seeking guidance from true enough and there's an s at the end of that right <laughs> huh. winners yes. that means yes. plural yeah yeah denver thoughts multitude of people <clears throat> brings a lot to the table okay the 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 only i just want to chime a little bit on the opposite side of that is that there are some people that will uh, pick and choose because they're maybe their discernment isn't as well defined yet. Yeah, and pick purpose people that will 
you know, kind of co-sign their BS. Yeah, mom against dad kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and so I'm kind of I'm in that camp. I also agree that there is wisdom in a multitude of, of, of counselors. But when we're talking about, I believe, when we're talking about sponsors or a sponsor who is actually, because the question is, uh, at working through the 12 steps, uh, it would have been very confusing to me if I had three sponsors, all with a little different take on the 12 steps, all trying to take me through the 12 steps. Um, yeah, I needed what... one to show me how to right. do that. Now, I had other people that I had no problem calling sponsors or spiritual advisors or mentors, but I had one that actually guided me through. Because otherwise, I know me. I say, well, Fred said this, and you say right. this, and mm. so I'm not going to do that. And and so I think having more than one can be confusing as far as working through the step process with open book, pen, and paper. And I think most people are going to pick one person to do that because, I mean, I, I don't know, because I know I it would be I, – I'd drive me crazy. Yeah. I'm going to go do the steps with one person, and then I'm going to go back and do them again with another person. Well, and then maybe know, get contradictory information. Sure, but Marv. Part part of and part of that has to do with uh, uh, several things, but one of them is uh, how much do you take seriously what it says on our coin? To thine own self be true. The bottom line is when when I personally uh, consult with two or three people, mm -hmm. the bottom line is I have to go be by myself and figure out what it is I need to do. And a lot of times new people in the program don't quite yet have that ability sure. to do right. that. So, sure. you know, there's... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know accountability is a huge, a huge part of my spiritual walk. And... The more people I'm accountable to, the more people have permission to yank on my chain anytime they want, even if they're mistaken, the better off I am. If you want to call them sponsors, spiritual advisors, mentors, whatever, yeah. semantics-wise, but I, I think there's wisdom in, in multitude as well. But I think one, for me, um, I just needed one as far as the step process goes. But, I, I you know, there were certain <laughs> things I discussed with other people that were mentors in the program, I didn't always discuss with my step sponsor. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't always available necessarily. And so I could I could call Marv up or I could call Denver up or something like that and say, what do you think about this? And, and I don't know that they were actually sp sponsors, but. So we don't want to, like, thoroughly confuse anybody. Right. Uh, from my perspective, I think if you're new in, into the programs, you should have one sponsor to help you work through sure, the, steps. the steps. Because, I mean, I get what Marv's saying because I was just kind of the same way. I was a little bit kind of beyond right. the beginning phase. And so I took counsel with two or three people. And then I kind of worked the step uh, kind of on my own. And then I chose one or maybe one or per person or maybe two uh, to go over the, the stuff uh, if I had any questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, so was, it depends on where you're at, but I, I would say for newcomers that picking, you know, whatever fellowship you, you know, co-sign with the, the, the most. Right. Um, that's just my two cents on it. 
Well, it came from Chrissy L. Thank you, Chrissy. Uh, this one's from Miles. He says, I moved out to the West Coast from Akron. So just for listeners' sake that don't realize this, that's the birthplace of our 12-step mothership, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I moved out to the West Coast from Akron. It seems that the program, and then he puts in parentheses, the big book, is adhered to much more strictly from where I'm from. It sure seems watered down here in Oregon. Your thoughts? <clears throat> Dave, Dave? I'm going to stay out of this one. No, you're, you're back in that area somewhere. I mean, Midwest back there. Yeah, I come from a place of meetings are a lot different. Yeah. How so? Uh, they have more structure, and I don't know. I just they. I feel like they're they're more of a you know. I don't even know how to explain it. It's more of a meeting, like what I'm used to in, back east a or form, in the Midwest. A formed meeting. Like, yeah, we yeah, have a, a not ritual. That's a horrible. Well, word yeah, to I mean, use, most but. of the. I mean, they're most of the groups I've gone to. We usually have like. Uh, a uh, breakout group. So you have one group that meets and then we break out and, you know, have like a big book study or a step one group or a pamphlet, uh, an AA or NA pamphlet, uh, or the meditation reading for the day. We'll have a group that'll break out into that. Um, a few of the meetings I've been to here, they just seem disjointed. They like half the group leaves in the middle of the group. Um, they don't introduce themselves. I mean, it's just like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, people from outside come walk in the group, pour themselves a cup of coffee and walk out. I mean, what, what is that? <laughs> I've also yeah. seen a lot of that. <laughs> I mean, I don't they want I coffee. And That's I, what it's I didn't want to say much because I haven't been to a whole lot of yeah. meetings yeah. here, but the ones that I've been to have been super informal and... I mean, we. I was in one meeting where the the one of the the person that wasn't even chairing the meeting came up. Somebody came up and sat next to that person that's chairing the meeting and started calling people out in the group to talk. And they didn't want to talk, but they're like, you know, she's like bullying them to talk. And I'm like, what kind of freaking <laughs> AA group is this? Yeah, well, Oregon. Is, is that? I All mean. Right. I don't know. So here's the thing. Is, Let, let's, is that similar to anybody else's experience? <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back to these coasts. Let's go back to that area. Uh, and let me just tell you, if if you were to go to to the majority of, of AA meetings, and I've I've been to these. If you've been going to the meetings in the Akron area, and you go to meetings in the New York area, you're going to find two very different atmospheres new york area is going to be much more uh kind of like what you were describing akron is going to be much more sticking to the program the big book that's kind of where it all came from it kind of makes sense it's much more conservative i would say new york is much more liberal um you know the book living sober for instance the yellow book Here's just a comparison in literature. If you read the big book and then you read Living Sober, you would swear it's two different programs. And, and, and so 
it can be that way with meetings too. I don't necessarily know that just because you're coming out to Oregon that they're quote unquote watered down to quote him. Um, it, it depends on where you, I guess it really doesn't depend where you're at. It can be that way anywhere. I do know that there has been uh, an onslaught of not following the directions in the big book, kind of just doing your own thing. Bruce H. Uh, used to say, when somebody says, I'm working my program, I believe them, right? Because there's the program, which is the book. Now, this guy's experience is that he's come out here and he sees a, a big difference, kind of like what you have. So I don't know. I think you could go five blocks away and find a very organized meeting and go five blocks the other way and find right. one that's disjointed. Let's, let's put that to the test. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I've uh, had I've had a lot of people that I that I work with, you know, as a counselor that say the same thing. And so we we, we yeah. we've kind of gotten to the point where it's you know what let's quit bitching about it and. Let's go start a meeting. Don't you think, though, that part of the attitude about something like this has to do with the old adage uh, that you used to hear? I remember when I was a kid, the, the old people talking, well, you know, I had to walk five miles to no, school. Right, you right. Know, Uphill, you know, yeah. barefoot. And, and kind of the same thing. Back in you my know. day. Um, <laughs> yeah, the old timers, and me included maybe, yeah. if I could be considered an old timer. You're you know, ancient. kind now of you're well, old. Yeah, 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 I am. Um, <laughs> you know, twenty years ago, it never used to be this way. What's going? on? This thing's watered right. down. You know, and and so it it is a matter of perception. You know? you know, the great thing about this is, though, God's still in charge. God's yeah. still in the meetings. God isn't surprised. You know, it right. it's, it trust God, clean house, help others. Makes a whole lot of sense. You know, but but no, I I I empathize empathize with the guy. Uh, let's see here. This is from anonymous. Well, they weren't anonymous, but I didn't want to mention their name for obvious reasons, which you'll see here Ooh, because local. this is from our area. Yeah, local. Um, I attend a meeting here in Albany, Oregon. We have a listener in Albany. That's amazing. You never profit in your own home, so that's kind of encouraging. Uh, I've gone to this meeting for several years, and it appears that the newcomer is treated with disdain. Whenever I bring it up, I am told I am too sensitive, and the newcomers here in Albany need to grow up. How do you feel about the newcomer? Dave's just rolling his eyes. <laughs> you know, and I a lot of times this is, this is a, again, like we're, what Barb was seeing, a perception issue. Right. Indeed, indeed. Well, indeed. Do you do you want me to elaborate? Is that what? Well, no. I'm the just going you know. No. It's it's interesting. <laughs> Denver shaking his head. No, I'm just shaking it. It's just, just interesting it. how you know we say the newcomer is the most important person in any meeting. My first sponsor used to say that's not true. I'm the most important person in any meeting because I got to work on me first and. There's all these semantics and people throw around these platitudes and people people will argue and fight and Jeez. everything over this over the craziest stuff that doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Um, but the newcomer is a precious soul. We don't know where they're com they're coming from. We don't know what their history is, and they should be welcomed with open arms, regardless of race, creed, religion, or lack of religion, and their opinions about anything. And so I think we need to treat every newcomer 
as a precious being who is seeking recovery. And what that means individually for each other is where can I be of maximum service to God and the people he puts in my life, i.e. the newcomer? Whether they're sitting across from me drinking a cup of coffee, spouting stuff off that's crazy, uh, or whether they're digging in right from the get-go. I don't know. I think the newcomer is... uh, are they the lifeblood of our program? I don't know. Is the old-timer the lifeblood of the program? I don't know. I think God's the lifeblood of the program. Marv, what do you think? Oh, man, I wish you wouldn't ask me. <laughs> I'm probably... Well, you know, there is a couple of ways to look at this thing. And, yeah. and one one of the deals, and throughout our AA literature, you know, there's a, a book that uh, AA approved called Language of the Heart. Yeah, and one of the things that stood out in there for me was was uh, the example. One of the executors, you know, the big board mm-hmm. committee mm-hmm. Talk, had was doing a speech, and he's talking about complete deflation of ego, and that stuck with me for a long time. Wow. And and I see that uh, applying to newcomers is, you know, when you come in there. What's your attitude when you're coming in there? I mean, are you just beat to death and ready to do something serious with your life? Mm -hmm. Or are you being in there because your wife wants you to, a judge wants you to, and you really don't want to quit drinking anyway? Sure. So that's part of it the way I see it is what's their attitude when they come in there? And another thing I'm going to really upset people is I do not think the newcomer is the most important person in there the room. There you go. I just don't. And, of course, that's an opinion, and we know about that. Right. But the well, thing yours about, and mine are correct. The thing most about, of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, thing, wow. the thing about it is. And there is, it is. You know, if we weren't there, the newcomer wouldn't have any place to go to. Sure. Right? Sure. So. The newcomer is important, you know, but I can see a lot of gray area where, yeah. um, in fact, right now where I go to meetings, there's been a recent influx of newer people mm-hmm. and egos run high. Amongst That's, the new people or the old timers? Yeah, okay. No, the new people. The new te- yeah, yeah well, it's usually the new people that are trying yeah. to figure out what what's going on and their motives. Like Mark said, their motives are, you know, they don't even know what they are. Their, their motives are mandated, or they're you know mandated, mandated or motives. Family. Yeah, <laughs> but well, they are important. The, here's they're the deal. Right. Here's the deal, though. Like I said, we don't know a person's history. A lot of times, the mask or the facade that a person walks in with is just that. And to label them that they don't care, they haven't reached their bottom yet. You, you know, you have nothing to say, and that kind of stuff. Listen, I was chewed up and spit out you know, like crazy by the streets when I walked into the room, my 12-step rooms. And and I didn't need some well-meaning, bleeding deacon telling me to shut up and sit down because that, what, I, what I heard was that you're worthless and you have nothing to offer. And I'd already experienced that. I mean, I've been told that right and left. I I needed a firm hand, but not a harsh one. Right. And I think that's where... It's sad for a lot of the new people because yeah. I've done it too, where you just talk, you know, you you just talk to like they're, you know, just anybody else. Sure. And just, you know, if they've got an attitude or whatever, I usually just say, hey, you know, 
if you ever need any help, or you got any questions, or you want to, you know, work yeah. the steps or anything, you know, give me give me a call or let me know. So uh, we're going to stop with this last question because we got we got another page and a half, and we'll pick it up next week. Um, or not next week? Ne- uh, yeah, next week. Duh. Man, I'm just Duh. and we'll get this camera thing figured. I'm thinking I'll, I'll get it on a lazy Susan and I can turn it to uh, that'll work. Yeah. Um, so then you guys can see everybody else talking too. Um, but this one, I thought this was interesting. This actually comes from uh, the Facebook uh, group, uh, Friends of Bill and Bob. It says, if your sponsor goes back out and relapses, can he still sponsor you? And I'm not going to read all the comments that followed that, but I'll just give you my input here in a minute. But uh, what do you think, Marv? If your sponsor goes out, can he still sponsor you? Uh, Let me think about that. Okay. Denver, what do you think? Jeez. Uh, Do you still want him to sponsor you? Sponsors are one of them words that catch me off guard. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, are you having a healthy fellowship with this person? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I I don't really know how to answer that either by the book. You know, is there a by the book? Question. Yeah. Is Uh, there a by the book law? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, What's the official (laughs) word on that from me? Right. Uh, I wouldn't have a problem continuing that fellowship with the person, especially if I've had a trust and uh, I've had relapses and uh, it still hasn't changed my position on wanting to be sober. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. continue on with the fellowship, in my opinion. Which which is a little different than the accountability and the step work yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I suppose the way they but worded I it. I wouldn't kick him to the curb as no. my brother and... Yeah, I suppose the... I'm not the, going out to coffee with you no more because you had a beer. The sponsor yeah. word has well, qualified a different uh, realm Sure. on being judged. Okay, on whether, so I'll, I'll chime in on that in a minute. Dave, what do you think? So, I mean, you, you hit on something... Uh, about you know we had a beer yeah well that's not a relapse as far as i'm concerned you know there's a slip and there's a relapse did he have a slip or a relapse because i've heard people call well, that's that that's call, a bag of worms we could talk about right on the show. yeah i've heard people call slips a relapse right and mm-hmm. so there's a big difference to me but uh you know it, uh, i guess the short answer is no i wouldn't have as a sponsor right but you know like you guys said you're not gonna i'm not gonna kick him to the curb uh, depending on where I'm at in my program, even I would help that person uh, get back on track, right? Because you know, at some point, you, your your sponsor is you know is, becomes you know a friend at some point. And I would hope. How would you treat a sick friend? Right? Isn't that what the book says? Yeah, yeah. And so that's you want to be helpful to them, right? Yeah, and that's kind of my perspective on that. So, and I want to spend too much time with this because that's a whole nother topic. I, my personal opinion is a relapse is when you go back to anything that you've been trying to recover from. I don't care if it's one or a thousand. Um, is it, but again, we could be talking semantics, but the deal of it, it here is if somebody has gone years without a drink or without using narcotics and they're a sponsor and they've been, 
doing what a sponsor is outlined to do. They're, they're helping you stay accountable. They're, they're actually helping you and teaching you how to apply and implement the 12 step process out of the literature. They're, they're doing that and using or drinking befalls them. That tells me that there's something going on with them. They may, may need to take a break and work on their own stuff, which means I should be gracious enough to say, you know what, I, I'm going to pull back and I, I don't want my issues because, man, being a sponsor is a heavy responsibility. <clears throat> it's not just a phone number. And I, I don't want to be a hindrance to my sponsor. And, you know, I want to pull back and, and allow him to heal. You know, people, and we fall short of this even in ministry, but people in ministry fall all the time. And within a month, they're put right back into leadership again. And it's not healthy for them. Yeah, we don't want to cause our brother to stumble. You don't want to cause your brother to stumble. So um, I'm with you, Dave. I say if my sponsor has a relapse or even a slip, according to what you're saying, I'd be going, how can I be helpful to you? And if that means I get a temporary sponsor for a while until you figure out what's going on, maybe that's the best gift I can give to you. Yeah, and there's a, there's another another level, I guess, you know, from where I come from. It's, you know, you pretty much know your, you know, it's not just your sponsor, but you know your sponsor's sponsor and your sponsor's sponsor's sponsor. And so if some sure, stuff like that happens, stuff, yeah. then we kind of all rally around each other mm -hmm. and everyone kind of picks up the, the slack so to speak right uh and helps helps each other out that that's that's where i've come from yeah yeah it doesn't it always happen that way you know it doesn't you're not able to right you don't have that level of uh of support sure sure well this has been interesting i'm sure we'll get some emails uh wait a, wait a second wait a second <laughs> yeah Mark, what were you gonna chime yeah, in? Oh, did I? Let's come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. To he me. took a little well, time out. Oh, I, right. I love, I love his feedback. So I need to hear it. Yeah. Oh, what do you think, well, Mark? Yeah, you know what? Uh, a spot. Let's say you've had a sponsor for same guy or gal for three or four years. Sure, <clears throat> they go out and uh, they come back in. You know what? They haven't lost three or four years of their No, wisdom. they have not. Amen. They still got it. Yeah. It's some some particular thing because we're alcoholics. Mm. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. We go back out and drink. Mm -hmm. Well, I say that tongue in cheek, but that's what happens. It does happen. And um, they don't lose... Uh, what they had as far as wisdom and knowledge and insight and stuff like that. So, you bet. I think a lot of it has to do with the, uh, what's in the eye of the beholder, what the circumstance was, what happened, mm -hmm. and to make the decision. Out, yeah. You know, I. Yeah. To say Good it point. beforehand, you know, sure. Not knowing. Would be half truth, innuendo, and supposition. So, <laughs> anyway. I well, and just, I like, you know, there's that controversy is relapse part of recovery. And my sponsor used to say, and I always liked his answer to that relapse is never part of recovery until it happens. 
And nothing is ever wasted if it can be applied as a teaching tool. And when it happens, it can become part of your recovery. Does it have to be? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it does happen. How are we going to approach the person, whether they're a sponsor or a sponsee or just a fellow member? Right? Are we going to approach them when this happens? Remember, we're dealing with a mental illness. We're dealing with an illness. And a lot of people don't like to call it that. But we are. And, you know, what's our compassion level? And so we have to make some careful decisions when it comes to these kind of things. But to beat somebody up or to say, you're fired. Well, that's really, that's really helpful. But Actually, I've been fired for less. I have been fired for less, too. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, was, I was fired by a guy that was a good friend for a number of years, asked me to be a sponsor. I never once or even had the opportunity uh, yet to actually talk about Jesus, but because I wore a shirt that had Jesus on it, or it had a fish, right? He decided I was a Jesus freak and didn't want me to be a sponsor anymore. So look at our programs are filled with a variety of folks, right? Right. <laughs> and and so uh, again, God's in charge. Thank God He is, and and we're not. There you go. All right. So listen, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this again next week. We've got several more questions, and I just want to thank everybody for sending them in. Uh, any closing thoughts, you guys? Yeah, the undersea gardens are going out. The undersea gardens in Newport? Yeah, they're closing this week. That little what? thing that takes you two two inches. You guys didn't hear that, huh? That no. take, you walk into it, takes you two inches down. You look at <laughs> yeah. the sea weight. Yeah, <laughs> some <laughs> algae. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're closing it here, third uh, through the eighth. You can go over for free and uh, check out the algae growth. Wow, <laughs> that's a show. <laughs> That, that's my closing thought. Okay, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna fiddle with the camera here. Read Anybody else? Book, call your sponsor. <laughs> don't drink. Blah 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 blah. All right, <laughs> our closing song is by Michael and the Messengers. Uh, interestingly enough, it's entitled "By the Book." Uh, love the harmonica in this. So oh no! Wait a minute. Wow, Monty. Wait a minute. It's 12 radio, ask it fast, it's ready to begin. So don't get offended if we get all the answers wrong. Just like the silly words I'm singing in this stupid song. In this stupid song. Whee! That was supposed to be played before the topic. <laughs> but hey, what a great way Let's to. Save it uh, for next week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We know where all the coffee went. Wow. Keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> if you work it. Oh, my Sucks goodness. All right. Here is By the Book by Michael and the Messengers. <laughs> oh, my goodness sakes.
Michael Purrington and the Messengers. Listen, if you've got a question for us here at Take 12 Recovery Radio uh, about recovery, about spiritual growth in your recovery, or any topic as far as uh, the 12 steps go, 12 step fellowships, we will do our best to answer them. Send them in to this email address, Take 12 Radio. That's T A K E, the number 12 radio at comcast.net. All right, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Tank 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow.